Hello everyone, this is Shuba, your host for today's episode. Welcome to our third episode and today we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies. And with us today we have Chris Twyman. Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, really looking forward to this. I was really looking forward to this episode and um, maybe you could also introduce yourself to the listeners about what you do and uh, what makes crypto so interesting to you. Yeah, my name is Chris Twyman. I'm from the UK. I've been living here in Malaysia for, for about five years, um, but that's not what's important to you. You want to know about crypto, right? So um, <laughs> I've, I've been involved in crypto for, I mean, I mean, we can only ever be involved with crypto for 11 years because it's only 11 years old, right? So anyone that's yeah. you, they've been in it for longer than that is lying. But I, yeah. um, I've been in it for about three years, three, three to four years, which I think is, I saw, I got in in the last, Ball run um, back in 2017, mm-hmm. then um, been been involved since then, really, and um, and loving it. Great. So I mean, in this episode, what we're going to talk about is is not any I would I wouldn't say rocket science about cryptocurrency because I myself I, I don't know much about it either. So and and, and we have so many people, especially um, our listeners are based out of Malaysia, Southeast Asian countries, and. Also, we have some friends from India also joining in, listening to our podcast and who don't know much about cryptocurrency. Yes, there are people investing, but at the same time, not knowing much. So I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the myth that we have, because I've been trying to read for the last two, three months. And it's, it's really interesting, first of all, but at the same time, uh, there is a risk involved, as we all say. So <laughs> so I just wanted to know what, what you really think about the myth, because when I went back to to know the history about crypto tells me about I would it started about 11 years ago um, there's a guy Japanese dude or sometimes they, they refer to that guy as a group they don't know who that guy is uh, who invented Bitcoin and um, it was very the, the value was really low and then how it kind of went rocket high in after, te- after 11 10, 10 11 years it's really interesting so what do you think about where it started from and where it is right now yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it started off as like a underground project, really. And as you say, um, it was it was created by an unknown anonymous person um, that's that hasn't gone by the name. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the name Satoshi Nakamoto. It's the most important yeah. name in crypto, really. I mean, he was the one that started it all off. But as you say, like he he may not have been, he may have been Japanese. He may not have been. Um, but one thing is is clear is um in the bitcointalk.org forum which is a website he started and he recruited some um other developers and they never met him face to face but his english was super good and um spoke in a lot of slang as well a lot of british slang as well so it probably was a group of people and the 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 time that he was online on this forum was in it was during european hours basically mm. so if if when he was messaging it would have been in the middle of the night in japan so there's a there's a few i mean he could have just been a a night hawk right a night owl <laughs> in japan that stayed well. up all night coding so maybe maybe i mean who knows but that's not really important what's important is it was started as as a reaction to the financial crisis back in 2008 2009 right yeah and and it was a new form of of payment um, and transfer of wealth that yeah. had never been done before. But Bitcoin wasn't a new idea. It, were, it was actually these technologies already existed. What what he did is he brought a few things together and made 
something unique and without getting too technical in it there mm. was a big problem with cryptocurrencies before like the the concept of sending a payment via a, a digital payment right um, there was there was an issue with with how that could be done because there was the issue of double spending so if i was to send you some money how would the network or you know that i haven't already sent that to someone else so there was this thing called double spending the double spending problem and bitcoin right. was the first system that that solved that issue and that's how it all came about essentially you'll need to see an infographic on how that actually works but it's, yeah. it's quite mind-blowing but yeah he figured it out and the first ever Bitcoin block that was mined, the first ever Bitcoin that was created, um, there was is we call it the Genesis block. So every crypto that um, that exists now, there's you know there's tens of thousands of them now, but Bitcoin was the first one. They always have what's called a Genesis block, which is the first first block because the blockchain itself is just a a series of transactions it's like yeah. a ledger mm -hmm. it's just a, it's just a, a, a history of transactions it's a database that's all it is really but the first one is what we call the genesis block and uh, in that block on bitcoin he wrote a message and it said the times 3rd of january 2009 chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks so that was the message that he put in the genesis block now ask yourself if it was a Japanese developer, why would they be quoting the Times in the UK and about the Chancellor of the UK's bailing out a second bank? So yeah. that's why I, I do I do think that there was some kind of um, there was some it was a group in the UK that probably did this. Who who it was, no one knows, but for sure it was in reaction to the the government bailing out the banks. So we wanted. To a new system that wasn't centralized by banks wasn't centralized by governments that could be more trustworthy and more for the people and that's what bitcoin that's why it started it's really interesting and as you said in a it was more like bailing out the banks and i was i was watching some video uh, i think the guy who who's the who's the founder of ethereum i think that that dude is like 21 years old when he founded ethereum and um he's 19 he was 19. Well, <laughs> most people are out drinking and having fun at 19. Yeah, this guy, I fall under um... that category. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's yeah. definitely a genius. And I was just watching one of his interviews in where he was, he was, he was given an interview to a British journalist and he was saying when he was like 19 or at that time, he was given five Bitcoin, was paid five Bitcoins to, to write single block uh, on bitcoin and and at that time the, the value of bitcoin was 0.8 dollars so i mean i think even in 2011 or 2010 there was already enough um information available for people to kind of know that bitcoin is going to be really big and that's why other cryptocurrency companies also came in so i mean if i try to find out that why there was this guy who also found another cryptocurrency uh, there are more, there are like thousands of other cryptocurrencies right now. I just wonder if all of them are actually safe. And if I invest in those, the ones which are not really popular, that's not Bitcoin or not Ethereum, is my money safe with that? No. <laughs> I get that. no. That's a good, good uh, answer. In, in, short, in, in short. But there's, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to know about that, right? There's a lot under that. So if, if you're new to crypto, you need to understand a few things. 
that a lot of newcomers, they think that Bitcoin, crypto and, and blockchain are all the same thing, but they're not. They're just sort of buzzwords that have been given to specific things. Obviously, Bitcoin is the most well-known one because it was the first mover. And right. um, blockchain is actually the underlying technology behind it all. Without blockchain, none of this would work. Um, yeah. So blockchain is the common denominator across all of the cryptocurrencies because they're all blockchain technologies. So that's one thing to remember. Cryptocurrency is just one of the words that we give to to all of these things. But um, there are now many types of words in, in this space that is worth knowing. But one thing to remember is that not every cryptocurrency is created equally. They're actually all trying to do very different things. That's why you've got tens of thousands of them. So a lot of people ask me, um, is there space for all of these? What One, <laughs> one, one common... Um, misconception is a lot of people would say like yeah there's there's all these cryptocurrencies but in the end most of them will go to zero and only a couple of them will remain well that's not true yeah. because um that's like saying that when all the dot-com websites came out back in the day that they would all go to zero and only a couple would remain actually there's you know well you don't i don't need to tell you how many websites there are and how many digital companies yeah. there are when you think about cryptocurrency, there's actually the best way that I can describe it. This may not be 100% accurate, but it's the best way that I can describe it is that you have platforms and then you have apps that are built on top of them. So what blockchain is, it's like we call it, um, there's a new word that you might want to know. It's called Web 3.0. So Web 3.0 is the new era of the internet that we're moving into at the moment which is powered by blockchain and other technologies, but we'll just focus on the blockchain for now. So um, within that, we need platforms and then we need those on top of those platforms, we are building applications. So let's, let's look at Web 2.0, which is something that we all understand. Web 2.0 is actually the age of social media, right? So the age of social media is something that we all use and it's massive. And we have platforms in that. We have Facebook, we have all the... Instagram and Twitter and all those things. Yeah, all the platforms, um, social media platforms. Exactly. So they're the platforms. We also have other platforms such as iOS and Android, right? Those are the only two that are surviving from the yeah. mobile era. But actually, before before them, there was yeah. other ones. There was there was BlackBerry. Yeah. There, was, there was Nokia. There was yeah Symbian. Um, yes, yes. You're, yeah, you're right. There yeah. Was, and they're yeah, gone they're, now, right now. Yeah, they're all gone because they so. What people are saying is kind of true, but that only applies to some of the cryptocurrencies, the platforms. There are quite a few platforms now, and a lot of them won't all work out. I'm sure some of them will thrive and a lot of them won't. But most of the cryptocurrencies are actually apps that are built on top of these platforms. Okay. But for a cryptocurrency to be decentralized which is another thing that's important to understand about cryptocurrencies is that they're not any one authority controls them. Yeah. It's not, they're not totally controlled by a company. Not regulated yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, they are, they can be regulated, but they're not, they're not controlled by a central authority. So it's not like, say if Bitcoin, you want to close Bitcoin down, the government say, no, we're banned. It needs to close down. You can't because who are you going to tell to close it down? Yeah. There isn't yeah. any company controlling it. It's controlled by the many, not the few. And that's the, that's a very important thing to understand about this space is that it's decentralized. It's not, that's what we mean by decentralization. Us, the participants of the network, the people that own the cryptocurrencies, we're, we are all a part of it. 
So none of us, it, it, we all have to agree for it to be closed down, not just one person. That's the point of it. So that that's that's actually something that's really important about about cryptocurrencies to understand. But um, that means that there's there's tons of these apps, these cryptocurrencies now that are that are acting, and, yep. and really anything can be a can be built on blockchain. Every app that you can think of on your phone can probably be there can be a blockchain version of that, and every blockchain, well not everyone, but most of them require a, a token. A, a, a currency for it to operate so that that's why there's so many of them because you have to have a token yeah we, we another word for a cryptocurrency is a coin so you've heard of the word coin but there's also another word w w which we call token so a token is basically a cryptocurrency that's the same it's the same thing okay. but we call it a token so a token is it's a medium of exchange and and talking about it's being as, as you said it's totally decentralized just talking about that i mean people think about its safety as well um and i know the technology which is used here is blockchain and i i studied blockchain for some time and i know how how, how safe that is you basically have two encryption when you send transaction no one knows your information it's totally encrypted and it's very safe and other financial companies are also going to roll out their blockchain and they're all in in fact investing on them even some banks are trying to do that so I know it's very safe when it comes to making that transaction. Um, and it's in sort of some, some sort of a question that probably the older generation would have more, you know, okay, you, you bought Bitcoins, but where is it? And, and who's having that money? Who is that person who's going to have that money? And what if next day you wake up, you see the prices crashed and it's gone. So if there is any, any scope for that, or that is something, something that, that can never happen, what do you think? Well, uh, um, the the price the price of of Bitcoin can go up and down, as people know, is a very volatile asset. Yes. And the other coins that exist uh, beyond Bitcoin, we call them altcoins or alternate coins. Um, they're even more volatile. Mm -hmm. So, if you're worried about investing your money and your and your investment losing value, mm -hmm. yes, it is possible that that can happen. And that's something that you need to be aware, aware of. And that's why you need to have proper risk management, right? And you don't put all of your money into uh, a risky coin. But if you look at the Bitcoin chart over time, over the long term, actually, it's only ever been going up. Um, yeah. when, when you look at it on a two, a two yearly basis, it's actually going up every two years without fail so far. So Yes, you may lose in the short term on Bitcoin, but I don't think the argument now for you to lose in the long term is there um, because there's so much adoption for Bitcoin now that it's, it's, it's really taking the hold and uh, some, of, some really big players are now involved. If Elon Musk and, and Tesla are, are investing in it, don't you think that you know, the rest of us should start looking at that too? Yeah. Because um, a, lot, a lot of people just do it when it's too late. The thing is, when your grandma knows about it, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like when when my my grandma called me and she said, "Yeah, Bitcoin's at an all-time high." I'm like, "Oh well, you don't know anything about technology, so the fact that you know means that you've seen it in the news, yeah. <laughs> and that means and that means it's overhyped. Which and if it's overhyped, then it's due to crash soon. And that's exactly what's happened in the last week. It's got very high, and then it's come down. But yeah. But that's normal. It happens. But your, to your question about whether I can lose my money, 
I don't think there's an issue there. I mean, these days, especially now, there's so many wallets and, and safe measures to keep hold of your Bitcoin, keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Um, that as long as you follow that and you don't, um, I mean, there's always a bit of a risk because if you make a silly mistake with where you send the money and where you send the Bitcoin, like maybe you send it to the wrong address. Yeah. You know, so, but if you but if you if you do the the correct steps, then there's never going to be an issue there. There's there's a few things you can do to keep yourself safe. Okay. And, um, as long as you as long as you do that, but it, it's it's all simple stuff, really. It's like it's like you don't give out your password to your bank account to people, do you? So just don't do that on your Bitcoin wallet, and then you'll be fine. But there's there's a lot of scammers in the crypto in crypto because. A lot of people don't understand what they're doing, so they fall victim to scammers. But the scammers are always doing the same thing. They're trying to get get you to give them their password. And they have a few ways of doing that to make you feel like you yeah. should do it. You know, so as long as you just you know the warning signs, then you'll you'll be fine. And that's only if you're operating in Twitter and Telegram, because in Twitter and Telegram, that's where all the scammers live. So if you're not if you're not on Twitter and Telegram and you just simply bought Bitcoin then you kept it in your wallet then you're fine you're never going to get approached by any any scammer so you just you can do that and keep hold of your Bitcoin and that's it that's that's true yeah I mean I mean talking about that scammer and getting scammed as well also like when you talk about the platforms that we have on a mobile phone like the apps that can where I can trade let's say. Um, I have seen so many of these apps are not available on the Play Store or the App Store for Apple, but you have to like go to the website, download. So is there some sort of a, I don't know, why they would not keep it on at the App Store or the Play Store? Is it because of, there's a risk involved or, I mean, why? Because other apps are always there on the Play Stores, like the official stores. Well, I can tell you that every app that I use has come from the Play Store or the App Store. Okay. So I don't. I'm not sure which ones you're referring to, but they should be on the App Store if they're legit. Um, yeah. And and you don't you don't need many, right? There's. I can tell you right now what ones are. You know, you should look at. And yeah, I think I really this should also begin to know um, if you if you can name because there's one that I was using. Another friend of mine was also using what's called, I think, Hub, H-U-V. Um, where you can trade and stuff, but it was not available on Play Store, neither on the Apple Store. So I was feeling, okay, how legit is it? And I, I found out, then I studied, and then I, I just Google a quick Google search, and then I found there are so many other apps like that. And some yeah. say it's, it's okay to have them, some say it's not okay. I was just wondering what you think about it. A lot of beginners, when they come into the space, um, one of the questions that they have is, is how do they get their money out? Right. And I think this ties into the apps and stuff that you're mentioning now. Yeah. Because a lot of people still believe that when you buy into crypto, it's very hard to remove, get your money back out, like your your fiat money, which is in Malaysia, your ringgit, or in the UK, your pounds or so on. Right. Uh, But the truth is, it's very, very easy to do that. So the most important thing for newcomers to get a grasp of is what I like to call your entry and exit point. So that's something that you really need to get figured out like straight away. And that's basically how you enter the market. So that's how you exchange your fiat uh, currency into crypto. And then when you want to come back out, back into fiat. Right. Right. So every country, that answer will be different. So for me, because I'm from the UK, 
I can use a company called Coinbase, which is a, uh, they're, they're the first listed, publicly listed company in crypto, in the crypto okay. industry. Um, so they're, they're a massive exchange. And if, if you have, if you're lucky enough to be from a country that supports Coinbase or Coinbase support, you should definitely be using them as your entry and exit point. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not, and Malaysia, unfortunately, isn't one of those countries, um, mm-hmm. then you need to find another way. So in Malaysia, there is a, there is an app called Luno, and that is probably the most trustworthy entry and exit point in Malaysia at the moment. And they are regulated and approved by the government here. So that's that would be the app that I would use for anyone that's in Malaysia to get in and out via Luno. Okay, I'll so be getting you, that right after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you can definitely sign up to Luno um, from the app store. You don't need to download it from any third-party website. And that's great. you just need to verify yourself. So you need to verify your identity. We call it KYC, know your customer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, you just verify yourself. And they have three levels of account, level one, level two, level three. And level three is the highest verification level. And that basically... Um, entitles you to be able to withdraw, I think, up to 300,000 ringgit per day, I think. Okay. So that's quite a lot of money. I mean, for most people, that's going to be like more than enough. And Definitely. yeah, so getting and, and getting so you you basically you send money from your bank into Luno, your ringgit. And then from there, you then buy the Bitcoin. And then once you have your Bitcoin, say if you want to sell it later on, you can sell it back into ringgit and then put it back into your account. So that's what I called the entry and exit. So Luno is an important app for you in Malaysia, but it isn't the only app that you want because Luno is a very basic app. It only offers four cryptocurrencies. Actually, I think they've got five now. Um, they're, they're onboarding one more, but it's still not many, right? So if you want to um, expand your horizons with the cryptos that you can buy, then you want to actually sign up to an exchange called Binance. Binance is another very trustworthy uh, exchange. It's huge. I think they're based in Hong Kong or somewhere like that. Um, but they're they're definitely the, the biggest or second biggest exchange. And they have hundreds, if not thousands of coins on there that you can buy. So in Malaysia, you buy your Bitcoin from Luno, and then you transfer the Bitcoin into Binance. And then from there, you can trade into other coins. Right. Okay. So one, one thing is a lot of newcomers, they want, they, want it all the, they want it to be convenient. They want it yeah. to be all easy and convenient and, and simple and all done for me. But the truth is, <laughs> if you wait for the day when it's easy, simple and all done for you, it will be too late. When things are a little bit more difficult, when you need to sort of figure things out, that's when there's opportunities because many people are put off by having to do those steps. And that's not difficult. Buying from Luno, transferring it into Binance, that isn't difficult, but a lot of people will see that as a hurdle and they right. won't want to do it. That's why there's so much money being made in crypto right now because a lot of people uh, that have been in it for the last few years, um, the new the newcomers, the people that, that, the early adopters, should I say, they're benefiting now because they they took the initiative early but it still is early now i believe still early okay <laughs> um it is still i mean early, yeah. 
Yeah, because so so what would be your advice like like if 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 someone wants to get started? So as you said, Luno or the this kind of there are many other apps, but to we have to make sure that we get it from the app store or the play store and download it, and then that's how you get started. So you have to download yeah. the app first, and then yeah, is there some sort of study of the graph as well? Okay, it's going up, down. Does it require some sort of studies? I know there are lots of videos. I think there are daily videos on YouTube who tell you what to do, what not to. Are they really reliable? That's that's uh, one question. And also, as you mentioned, Twitter, and I I think you've also mentioned this gentleman's name, Elon Musk. If he tweets something, it changes like crazy. Just just one tweet of his. Two letters, uh, sorry, not two letters, two words, and it, it changes everything in in the crypto industry. So I feel like sometimes it's very manipulated by the elites as well. That how one man, or two men, or three men can actually change it within a stroke of like nothing, right? So what do you think about that? No, you're right. I mean, there is a lot of manipulation going on in crypto. That's for sure. And <laughs> that's just part and parcel of it, right? There's there's a lot of uh, wild, wild west moments, you know, in crypto. So, yeah. but that's that. It kind of makes it exciting at the same time, right? Because it it means that the industry isn't as developed as others, and that's where opportunities lie. I mean, if you wait for industry to become super mature, mm. then you're not going to make anything out of it. And let's be honest, mostly everyone that's in crypto is in it to make profit, yeah. right? Because I mean, we the technology is great, and we I think it's exciting. But also, it becomes more exciting the fact that we can invest and make money, right? And that's that's what a lot of people look for, you know. And and that's evident because when we go into what we call a bear market, when everything's dropping in price, which is what happened in 2018 and 2019, everything mm-hmm. dropped slowly but surely. Nothing was was going up. Everything was was fear, uncertainty, and doubt. We call that FUD. So mm-hmm. in in of the the word FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. There's a lot of that going on. The prices are dropping slowly but surely. And guess what? All these YouTubers have disappeared. Um, <laughs> all this hype is gone and no one's talking about it anymore. And, and that's exactly when you want to be interested in it because there's this uh, classic saying and in uh, investing, which Warren Buffett coined. Um, it's not by me, um, but um, he said, when the market is fearful, be greedy. When, when people are greedy, be fearful. Right. So mm. right now there's a lot of greed in the market. So that's when you should start being a little bit concerned that things are going to start crashing. But when right. everything is crashing, that's when you want to be greedy and start buying. Right. So if, if you want to say about the chart, I wouldn't, as a newcomer, it's far too burdensome to get them to look at YouTube videos and charts and all that stuff. But all I would say is if you see a, a day where things are sort of dropping, that might be a good time to actually buy. And, and you're not going to know the perfect time to buy. You can never know that. So don't, don't worry if you buy and then it drops further. You can never know or predict that. But the, the best strategy in crypto investing is called hold or hodl, which means hold on for dear life, basically. So just hold it. So buy it and hold it. Don't sell it. You ride out these waves of volatility and it goes up. Mm. Yeah quick question like when you say you hold it so you you buy let's say some part maybe so for, for someone like me probably i can buy some decimals and then do i buy more or i just hold that amount or i can add in yes, more so. and buy more bitcoin as time goes yeah so we we have this um there's a strategy called dollar cost averaging right so dca 
you mm-hmm. can buy in uh, a percentage of your salary, let's say, every month into into crypto and or into Bitcoin, and then you just buy that every month, no no matter what the price is. If the price goes up, you still buy ten percent of your salary's worth. If the price goes down, you still buy ten percent of your salary's worth, and that is how you you start to accumulate over time. You can take that a step further and do what we call dynamic dollar cost averaging, which just it, it's a fancy word, but all it really means is if the price has dropped lower that month, then you can put in say fifteen percent of your salary. If the drop if the price drops goes high that month, then you put in five percent. You see, oh. so like you you have to but that to know that you need to sort of be aware of the prices like more regularly than just simply buying in so that's one way you can accumulate bitcoin over time is by just putting in a percentage rather than sticking everything all at once and that way you'll average out your entry price over time so i i I don't necessarily have to trade it right after when i see the price went high because some people think that okay i can make some money out here like i probably invested four months ago now i see the prices have gone up so would you recommend someone like that like that guy to hold or to trade i mean look trading is another a whole other thing and if you're getting into crypto then yeah i mean you can trade but i i think for the general person like buying bitcoin and ethereum they're the two biggest coins and there's a there's a big reason why that is so those are the two that i would definitely be investing in and you just hold them i don't think you can do too wrongly like if you keep doing that monthly just a portion of your salary every month and you hold it on on a wallet, and then you just keep it. That's going to do well for you. I think one of the things that is really important to understand about crypto is that try to look at Bitcoin as a as a currency. Don't look at it as okay, like how much is the dollar worth? Okay, because one thing to remember is that dollars are losing value all the time because they're printing more and more of them all the time. True. Very true. Especially yeah. in this last, especially in this last year, the amount of money that's been printed has been astounding. Yeah. Um, so it's only a matter of time before that's felt on the economy. And so with the crypto, prices. there won't be a scenario where we can like face inflation or insult of that kind of thing. Well, some of them, yes. Uh, some of the coins do have that built in, but the Bit- Bitcoin and Ethereum. Well, Ethereum is now changing to be deflationary. That's starting as of. A couple of months from now, I believe. Okay. So that's why Bit, uh, that's why you see the Ethereum price shooting up at the moment because of that. Um, that's going to make Ethereum become very, 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 very valuable in the future. And yeah, that Ethereum is on is on course to become as valuable as Bitcoin. So that's something to think about. Bitcoin has a finite amount of them. That's another important thing to understand is that there can only ever be twenty one million of them ever. And that makes them scarce and that makes them valuable. So they will, it is inflationary in the sense that we are creating new Bitcoins every 10 minutes or so at the moment. But the amount of Bitcoin that we're creating every 10 minutes is halving in value every four years. So that's what makes Bitcoin increase in value every four years. It's actually quite, quite predictable now. Um, now that I've seen it, I, I'm going to throw out a, a prediction, oh. and I, I predict that the next, like we're in a we're in a bull run at the moment, right? The prices of everything is going up a lot. Yeah. 
Um, that won't last forever, and, and we that may continue for the rest of this year. I don't know, but it, I think next year it will probably calm down, and then and then we may we may go a bit bearish where things start reducing in price for a while. But I think the year two thousand and twenty four to two thousand and twenty five, but mm-hmm. specifically two thousand and twenty five, is going to be a huge year. Oh, okay. So it's it's not too late, as you said. <laughs> it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Uh, not right now. There's so much opportunity. It's crazy. Right. But and- if, you, if you buy Bitcoin today, there is a chance that you can lose value in the short term. There's yeah. a chance that it can drop in price and you're losing. But that's only if you sell. You only lose if you sell. Um, so if you hold it... Um, it's going it, to go it up can, either way. It... It may take time, right? Because in 2017, a lot of people bought the top, they, the yes, top of yes. the, and and those people were lost. They lost 85 percent of their of their yeah, money. I, I think I think that was because of some some government said uh, it won't be allowed. Um, that's just the case. What happened in India? And I, I know some of my friends, they were like too scared and sold all of what they had, and now they are like regretting it because if they had been holding that thing now would have been crazy amount of money they would have made so yeah well you can also sell it when it goes up dramatically you can sell it and then buy back in when things settle down lower but that Mm. is harder to do because you need to time the market is quite difficult but simply holding it you'll ride out all of these things so yes it would have dropped 85 percent but it's now actually gone up 3x from the peak of 2017 Right. So that's what I mean. Like the, the the volatile price will go up, down, up, down. But in the long run, it is it is just going to go up. It's it's really interesting that how it, the graph how it changed. And I think that, that as you mentioned, that the other since it's decentralized, if the governments are because now that's that's what happened. I think the governments are okay with it. They are trying to find alternate ways to to live with the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrencies and. Another reason I think it's getting more credibility because companies like Visa the other day, I think they announced that they're going to have uh, cryptocurrencies very soon on them. So you can literally go to any merchant, like a Visa merchant, and you can pay by your Bitcoin that you that you own, which is a game changer, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's another reason why people need to start taking notice now because uh, there's been a lot of adoption this year in this short mm-hmm. time. And you know that's not gonna that's just gonna snowball at this point. So we're not we're not gonna go back to the the lows that we've seen before. I don't think we'll ever see Bitcoin below five figures. I don't think we'll ever see a four figure Bitcoin ever again. Simply because there's so much institutional adoption now, and a lot of the institutions that we know of that are bought into it, like Tesla and so on, they bought in at um, twenty to thirty to forty thousand dollar levels. So if if it was to go to low, like below ten thousand again, that means that they would all have to sell and yeah. lose interest in it. I yeah, don't true. see that happening. True. I think now if it goes that low, it will just be bought up. Like people would just buy it instantly, mm-hmm. buy it because they've yeah. seen the levels that it's at now. It's gone to sixty five thousand already. So twenty thousand is over seventy percent less than the all time high. You know true. that's a massive discount. People will see it like that. Yeah. So I don't think we'll ever see a Bitcoin under ten again. You had a chance when the coronavirus happened and the price all crashed. There yeah. was a small chance to get it then, a massive discount, but it's gone now. It's 
getting more credibility as time goes by. So yeah, it's definitely. I'm sure there'll be another fin- there'll be another financial crisis one day probably, and and it will crash again. But yeah. it probably won't go that low. So it was really interesting, you know, what we talked about. But if I could, you know, make a quick summary. If, if you're someone, and also it goes to the listeners as well, to all our listeners, if you're interested in cryptocurrency, you want to planning on investing, I know there are so many others as well, who don't know much, just thinking, okay, I should invest because they, on the hindsight, they know it's going to go up um, and they heard from that thing from too many people as well. So just make sure that you do the things that Chris just told us, make sure that you're using a legit app, hold your money, don't just trade every every week or two weeks so i know some friends of mine who do that and they're happy with that because they make those little money they, they're happy with that thing but if you want to really invest if you really go with the meaning of investment i think that's when when you really hold it right so hold for the long term um, don't try to trade if you're if you're a newcomer just buy it and hold it and if the price drops don't worry you are gonna buy you are buying something that's very good it's quality and there's a lot of evidence for that so buy it hold it try to buy the dips when things go down try to buy it then don't buy it when it's going up dramatically right try to look for those dips and then just try to buy in like a portion every month of your salary i think in i think you'll thank yourself in 10 years yeah you would definitely so i think with that we can wrap up our episode i hope you enjoyed our episode on on cryptocurrency we try to talk about all these unconventional ways there are certain rules how the world works and certain ways we have been doing things all our life and then there are alternative perspectives so i definitely believe investing in cryptocurrency yeah i think we are a bit I mean, as Chris said, it's never too late, but it's been there for 11 years. And some people invested probably five, six, seven years before who already made so much money, but it's never too late. So uh, from Spillity team, I would like to really thank Chris for giving us your precious time and enlighten us about cryptocurrency. As an individual, for me, I had to, I really needed to learn more. And I think in the last 40 minutes, I kind of learned a lot. And um, I'm sure our listeners are also going to uh, use this information in probably 10 years down the line would be, you know, looking at this episode and like say, oh, okay, that was useful. I'd probably reach out to you and say, thank you, Chris. You know, uh, let's hope for that. <laughs> to all our lovely listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Till we see you again. Bye.